What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. You know, listening to that last song there, God spoke something to me last week that I thought was just for me, but I think it may be for all of us. So I'm just going to share it. Is that okay? It's real quick. I'm just praying and I think it was Sunday. It may have been Sunday when the evangelist was here. I can't remember exactly. But I heard God say, it's time for you to be a lion and stop being a cub. We got to be a lion, guys. The lion's living inside of us. He's just ready to roar and come on out. But we keep holding back. We hold our praise back. We hold our worship back. We hold our preaching back. Don't want to offend nobody. Well, that's not really my problem, but you get the idea, right? We got to quit holding back because the world's not holding back. They're throwing everything they got at us right now. They're throwing the kitchen sink at us. I mean, they're going for everything they got. They're not holding back, and we just keep standing there and taking it because we feel like, well, we just have to just, you know, turn the other cheek. Well, there's a time to turn the other cheek, but, you know, there's also a time to stand, and you have to stand up for your beliefs. You have to stand up for what is right. We have to stand up for our children because they can't stand up for themselves. We've got to do these things. We have to be the lion that's living inside of us. Amen? Amen. So... That was for me. So that's where I'm at. I'm praying and I'm like, God, just use me in every every way and everything and help me to be bold. Help me to be courageous and just to stand. Because where we're at right now is a time where we got to stand. If we don't, we're going to get rolled right over. And we'll get rolled right over as a church if we don't. We have to stand up and we have to say this is what we believe, this is what we don't believe, and this is what we'll allow and will not allow. These are our beliefs. We can't get rolled over. We have to stand firm in what we believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So did anybody that was here last week, I think you were all here, uh, we talked about a recipe for righteous living, right? Anybody take a look at their life this last week? Take a look at your recipe that we talked about. Well, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So thank you, online audience, for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. This week we're talking about virtue. Does anybody know what virtue is? Well, that's good, because I'm going to give you the definition here in a few minutes, all right? But we are going to go back and read 2 Peter. We're going to start chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 5 and read down through 10. So y'all will have an idea of where we're at and where we're going to be hanging out the next, well, quite a few weeks probably. And it says, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, 
godliness. I think after you pray for patience, you got to have godliness because he's going to take you through a test after that one, right? So, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he hath purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Amen? I cannot get over these passages because every time I sit down to start working on the sermon, you know, I, you know, I, I read ahead and I look at it. And this really is a recipe because one thing builds upon the other thing. Every single time. And that's what what happens after you accept. I mean, what's the first thing that happens after you have faith in Christ? You put your faith in Christ. You begin to realize that the way you were living is not the way that you should be living. You begin to have something called morals. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'll give you. So what is virtue? Virtue is a, a behavior showing high moral standards behavior showing high moral standards so we are going to talk about what that needs to look like in the world sense what that looks like and what that's got to look like for us and how those two things actually do differ so that's where we're going to be at tonight so last week we talked about faith and the recipe that will change your life this recipe really will change your life if you follow it if you follow it and you go step by step, and it's okay to take your time. It's not one of those things where you just go get all the ingredients, throw them in a pot, and stir it up, and that's it. No, it takes time to work on these things, to understand what we're talking about. I'm still dealing with some of these things, okay? I'm sure that we all are, especially the patients. My six-year-old, almost seven-year-old, and I almost got a teenager, okay? So, yeah, patience is one of those things. God's really, he's showing me some things because... A teenager in the house when how did that happen like she was just born yesterday is what it feels like right so the first step in this recipe was to put our faith in Christ to put our faith in Jesus to put our hope in him and that we can believe his promises because he keeps his promises amen he has always kept his promises he's always been faithful to us so if we're going to put our faith in something we need to put our faith in the one that has been faithful to us Amen. So it makes it simple. Really, it does. The world's going to let you down. Has the world ever let you down? Everybody can raise their hand, right? It's always let us down. It lets me down on a daily. But so virtue, behavior, showing high moral standards. In other words, not just a good person. It goes deeper. Virtue goes deeper than just simply saying I'm a good person. How many people have how many have people have you ever had tell you well i'm a good person and in back of your mind you're like really let's run through that <laughs> let's run let's run through that let's see how good you are based upon what god says but you know that that's not what really what we're called to do but we've all thought that we've all seen that and I, you know, hey i've probably thought that about myself but let's look at mark chapter 10 and we're going to start in verse 17 we're going to read through uh 21 a little bit of reading tonight. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? 
And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed since my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. I like that because it's like Jesus loved him. In other words, he was like, I love you, buddy. You know, you know, one of those things like you're not getting it. But anyway, then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. This guy already thought that he was doing pretty good, didn't he? He he runs up to Jesus expecting, you know, some brilliant answer or, you know, just some simple thing that, okay, this is all I've got left to do. I can do that. But basically, Jesus repeated back to him everything that he had already been doing. He'd already been following all of the commandments, but he was still missing one thing, wasn't he? So let's keep going. The problem was he had the wrong recipe. You see, th- this man was following the wrong recipe. He-, he was trying to do everything that he was told that he's supposed to do. Anybody ever tried to do that? All the things that you're supposed to do. Well, I've been doing this, God, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing this. How come it ain't working out? Where's your faith? Where was this man's faith? This man's faith was in all of the things that he was doing right. He's doing everything right. I, I'm, I'm doing it. He's trying to put his faith in something that's the wrong recipe. The point is, he couldn't be good without faith in Jesus. You see, he could be, he could be all those other things. He could be honoring his mother and father, and he could be you know, trying his best to follow the Ten Commandments and loving his neighbor. He could be doing all of those things. But who is it benefiting? If he don't have his faith in Christ. It wasn't the answer that the man wanted, was it? He didn't want to hear, come follow me. He didn't want to hear, sell all your possessions. He probably had a lot of things he didn't want to sell. He thought up until that point, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm following all of the stuff that they tell us to follow in synagogue. What else can I do to inherit eternal life? Sell everything and come follow me. What do we do when we accept Christ? Now, we don't physically sell everything that we have, but what do we do? We give everything that we are to him, and we follow him. That's what the man was forgetting. That's what he was not grabbing a hold of. That's what Jesus was asking of him, was to just let everything else go and make Jesus the main thing. You see, he couldn't do it. He was doing everything perfect. He thought he was anyway. He thought he was following the recipe to a T. But the very first thing that he needed that would have made everything else fall in line and make sense, he didn't want. We need faith in Jesus in order to have godly morals. We need faith in Jesus in order to have godly morals. Without without Jesus, you may have good morals, but guess what? Good ain't good enough your best on any given day without christ is not good enough don't believe me keep listening we're going to get into it 
I'll, I'll prove it to you. You need faith in Jesus first, then the heart and mind change. What happens when you get saved? What, what immediately happens? Your mind, something changes in your mind. You get, all of a sudden, you get, you get that best feeling in the world and the worst feeling in the world. You get convicted. Well, what is this? I never felt this before. Do you know why? Because now your morals are on a whole nother level. Because before, your morals may have said it's okay to steal. It's okay to cheat. But now, all of a sudden, you can't do that no more. Why is that? Because now you're on a higher level of your moral standard. It's a more excellent way. It's not just living for yourself. It's not just your set of morals. Because your good, your best is not good enough without Christ. Everybody has morals, and they claim that they're good, right? Anybody? I mean, we've all had, well, I'm a good person. We've heard that. I hear, you hear it a lot. Well, I'm a good person. But the point is, is that, really, are they? The Bible just said nobody's good but God. So how good are we? But what makes us good? What makes these people good? Do you realize that, how do I want to say this? It's us. It was us at one point. It's the people in the world now. But it's your idea of whatever good is. Your idea of good could be cheating on your husband or your wife and thinking that it's okay. You could still be a good person in your own mind, right? It may not bother you a bit. Your idea of good could be selling drugs, doing drugs, selling them to little kids. I ain't hurting nobody. I'm a good person. That's their idea of good. So you, what I'm trying to get at is your idea of good is terrible. It's bad. It's nothing. Because everybody can have their own ideas. I can, I can stand up here and tell you that I'm a good person. But, you, but what if I'm out stealing? What if I'm out cheating on my wife? What if I'm out doing all these terrible things? Am I a good person in your eyes? But it doesn't matter. Because I don't have to care about your what you think is good. I only have to care about what I think is good. Because it's my morals, not yours. See, that's the problem. Whenever we accept Christ, something changes within us. It's not my morals anymore. It's God's morals. That's virtue. So whenever we accept faith in Christ, add to your faith virtue. So add to your relationship with Christ Better morals than what you had before, because that's the next thing that God's going to give you. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit, and now you can no longer walk in the ways that you once walked in. It's automatic. If you truly accept Christ, it is an automatic thing that your morals change automatically. He changes your heart. He changes your mind, and you are no longer who you once were. Isn't that amazing how that happens? The same thing's going to happen next week when we talk about knowledge. Same thing's going same thing's going to happen. It's amazing how this has all been put together. So it's like saying that everyone's truth is true. Right? Well, what if my truth says that your truth is a lie? Is it still true? Right? So it's it it, go, it goes the same just because you say it's good it doesn't make it so. Just because you say something is good does not make it so. No one is good but God right? And that's where we begin. That's where we discover who God really is, is right there at faith. 
That's how that, that's where everything begins. No one is good but him. You can't have good morals outside of Jesus. You just cannot do it. There's something that changes within us. Someone someone who cheats on their spouse and says, I'm a good person, but are they? I want to go back to it because in their mind, yes, they are. And that's something that as believers, we've got to remember that we once were who they are. And we've got to remember how their mind is working. Because we're on the outside and we're saying, no, all of these things are wrong because there's Christians out there believe that it's okay, abortion's okay. There's Christians out there believe that it's okay to do some of these things that we're seeing take place in the world to allow homosexuals in the pulpit. There's Christians out there that think it's okay to let drag queens teach their kids in Sunday school. They think it's okay to come up and to do these types of things in church. Just here, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a pastor gave a sermon in a pulpit, and he's I'm pretty I can't say for sure he was a homosexual, but it seemed that way at least. And he was saying that he did not believe the things in the Bible, that they were written by man and that it was not all written by God. And do you know what happened to that church? Lightning struck that church and it burnt to the ground. Oh, well, that's a coincidence. I I don't I'm not God, but I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. But what I'm saying is, is. In that guy's mind, he was saying what was right, but he, he didn't know. You, you don't stand up and blaspheme God and have Christ living in your heart. Amen. You don't do it. So that's where we have to remember where the world is. We've got to be able to, in some way, put ourselves to, to understand where they're at. Because if, if you've been saved for 10 or 15 years, you don't always remember the way that you once were. You try to forget it. Amen. I'm trying to forget the way I once was, really am. But I want to be able to help people. So we have got, we've got to remind ourselves that in their mind, their morals are good, but they're really based on a worldly standard, and that's not where we operate anymore. Amen. With that kind of mindset, anything goes. So it's when we realize that our faith in Jesus is the that we need to put our faith in Jesus. It's the beginning of us understanding what true morality really is. And that's a powerful statement to understand what true morality really is because it only comes from the one who is good. There's only one good. And the the person that is good is the only one that can teach you what good really is, right? So Colossians 3, verse 12 through 15, it says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another and bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must, so I can't read tonight. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. In the world, good morals are always about, okay, so in the world, good morals are always about what's good for us, right? If it makes you happy, if it makes you feel good, and all of these different things, then it's good. That's what we believe. Take your, put, put yourself in your unsaved shoes, however many years ago that was, 
And did you think you were a bad person? You did? I'm sure some people probably did. Some people recognize that. But see, what I attend, what, what I think that that is, is you were, you were already feeling the call. You were already sensing that something wasn't right. I think the Holy Spirit was working on you. But I'm talking about when you're so deep out into the world that the things you are doing that you're enjoying, you don't, you don't see. You don't see it. You think that you're a good person. You're doing good things. I was there. I didn't think I was a bad person. And see, a lot of people take that and they go the extra mile with that. And they say, well, if your God's just going to make me feel bad for the things that I do, then I don't want him. Right? But see, what they don't understand is it's a conviction that's telling them that the things they are doing is not right and that there is a better What's gooder is not a word, <laughs> but a gooder way. It's a word now. I made it gooder. Us changing and behaving in such a way that it draws others to Jesus. That's what we need to be pursuing. Amen. It's not about getting our way, but it's about his way. It's about his way. That's what we've got to be leading people to. We got to be trying to get people to recognize that a heart change is a powerful thing. A heart change is something that can completely change your life around. It's not about what you want. It's not about your so-called good morals because your so-called good morals are only leading you down a path of destruction. Because the way that seems right to you is not right. It seems right because it's the way you want to go, but it's not right. It leads to destruction. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. More examples of what good godly morals will bring. Amen? Does anybody not like joy? Does anybody not want a little more peace in their life? Do you know a good way to not get joy and peace and these other things and patience? Do you know a good way not to get them? Don't follow God. You won't have peace. I can tell you right now, there wasn't a moment of peace in my life until I met Jesus. And then when you start to feel that call until you surrender, it's just easier to go ahead and surrender and get it over with. <laughs> get it over with. He will pursue you. Preached a whole series on God pursuing you. Who doesn't want more joy? Who doesn't want more peace? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He tells us exactly what to think and how to think. Anybody in here got trouble with their thoughts? Doesn't matter what those thoughts are. Whether it's thoughts of hatred, anger, greed, lust. I struggled for years with something. Years and years and years and years. Praying, God, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. And then one day something clicked. Brett, just don't receive it. Well, yeah, that's easier said than done, right? 
But then he 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 showed me. He said, "Change your way of thinking. Train." He said, "Train." This is what he said: "Train your brain." It's like, what does that mean? When those thoughts arise, push that thought out and say, "I don't receive that thought in Jesus' name," and change your thoughts. That's how you overcome that stuff. They're not going to quit coming, but you can quit receiving it. It goes the same the same way with with our morals. Just because you believed something for years that this is this is right, and now all of a sudden you find out it's wrong, guess what? You can change. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to do those sinful things. You don't have to walk that way anymore. But I've done this for 50 years. I ain't changing who I am. You watch what God will do, especially when you tell him you ain't. God will move in your life if you allow him to. He will take he will give you virtue beyond your wildest imaginations. Your morals and things will change so much. You won't believe it. And he's telling you to think on these things. You want good morals? Think about things that are true. Think about scripture. Think about things that are honorable. What's honorable to God? Is the way you're living honorable? Whatever is just, whatever is pure, you having thoughts you shouldn't be having, think on things that are pure. Think about God. Think about heaven. Think about your kids, your family members. Think about those things. What's lovely? Think about the people that you love in your life, your church, the things that you cherish. Whatever is commendable. Is there any excellent? Uh, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, do you guys know anybody worthy of praise? Are you taking time to? Uh, are 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 you continually to walk in your bad morals, or are, are you stopping to take time to praise Him and allow Him to teach you a better way? Because that's what it's about. You see, things will automatically begin to change in your brain. God's going to speak to you, and He's going to say, "Hey, you need to quit doing this." But you know, it's not always going to be easy. I told the story here a few weeks ago. God, I, I got saved a few days later. Went to school and started cussing. Heard that in the back of my head. That's not how we talk no more, Brett. But did I immediately stop? No, it took a, it took a just a little bit. And every time I, a word would almost slip out, I felt that same thing again. But my morals were changing, whereas talking that way was okay once before. But now it's not anymore. What changed? Jesus. It's the only thing that changed. My faith in him is the only thing that changed. I went from faith to now I'm seeking virtue. I'm seeking good godly morals. So those are the things to think on. Things that lead us to a higher standing or standard. So what are you thinking about daily? Where's our brains at daily? How does it affect you, your outlook and your morals? Hebrews 11:6. Getting close, guys. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Come on. Where does it all start? It all starts with faith. And if you don't have faith, then guess what? You can't please them. Because your morals, you don't have virtue. You don't have good godly morals. I love man, I love scripture. I just love how it, t- it talks about itself over and over again. It answers itself. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. His rewards are are also this very recipe. Go back and read that recipe again. Those are rewards. Because you get faith, you get eternal life with Christ. Amen? 
your morals change. You're not the same person you once were. And then next week, we're going to talk about knowledge. You begin to seek after him. You begin to dig into his word. You begin to learn about him. I better quit preaching that. But those are gifts. Those are wonderful things that he gives us. We get to know an eternal God that sent his son to die for us, who is a creator of everything you can see and things that you can't see. If that's not a gift, I don't know what y'all want. We get to know him. You know, most in most religions, fake religions out there, you don't get to know God. You don't get to have a personal relationship with him. You just fear him and you hope that someday he'll let you go into paradise. That's not how, exactly how our God is. He wants to know you. He wants you to know his heart. He wants you to seek him and he'll give you answers. That's pretty amazing. Having faith in Jesus brings us to a good place of morals. Let's look at 2 Peter chapter 1 again. Faith, I'm just going to read these to you. Faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. These all come from one step towards Jesus, and that's faith in Jesus. You get all of those things, your life will change. Trust me, it will change, it will change, it will change. All because you put your faith in him. Okay, verse 8, I think it's of Second Peter. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, listen to that. So if these qualities are yours, so in other words, you're seeking these things and they're increasing. So what does that tell you? Your faith will be increasing, but also that it's a process. Well, how come I'm not super Christian yet? It's a process. <laughs> you're never going to be super Christian, okay? You can be a good, godly person, but when you start calling yourself super Christian, there's probably a little bit of pride problem going on there, amen? But my point is this, right here, virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. I want all of those things, amen? I want all of those things. So, are you seeking virtue? Honestly, ask yourself this question. Are you seeking good, godly morals? Or, or are you still sitting there saying, well, I'm a, I think I'm a good person. You see, our good's not good enough. <clears throat> and we're not good. Without him, we're not good. He's the only one that's good. We could sit here all night long and we can talk about all of the problems we have. and compare. You know what people tend to do? They want to argue about how bad they have it because they want to make sure that you know that their problems are worse than your problems. Why do people do that? We should be coming in here going, no, 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 no. I got, I got it better. God did this for me this week. We should be bragging on him. But instead, we're arguing about how bad our problems are amongst each other. That's not good morals. Are you seeking virtue? Or are you setting your own set of standards for living? I'm this good, and that's good enough, God. I'm willing to like him, but I'm not willing to love him. I'm willing to like her, but I'm not willing to love her. That's not letting God change you. So, one leads to God's gifts and the other leads to self-glorification. Self-glorification never ends well. 
does it. So, I said I was going to ask you guys, what's your recipe looking like now? We're two ingredients in. We've got faith and virtue. Next week we're going to talk about knowledge. But what's your, what's your recipe look like? Are we questioning? Am I, am I really where I thought I was? God, could I be doing better? Really, that's kind of what we need to be asking ourselves. God, is, is, am I not doing as good as I thought I was? Can you reveal some things to me, God? Show me, God. If I'm doing something that's not right, I need to know. And it's real simple. All you got to do is repent. God, I'm sorry. Help me to do better. And then do it. Because he says he'll help you. Come on. If you have faith in Christ, what's he going to do? His promises, right? He, he's he's given you his promise that he's faithful to you. So now he's asking you to be faithful to him. So if he's faithful to you, he's promised to help you through it. He's promised to teach you. He's promised to walk you through it, to train you. See, we really make this harder than it needs to be. The Holy Spirit living inside of us, is he's our comforter. He's our teacher. He shows us things, right? We've just got to be willing to listen to the Holy Spirit when he talks. That's, that's the Christian's biggest problem is we won't listen to the Holy Spirit. We keep listening to ourselves. That's why you're in trouble all the time. You ain't listening to the right voices. There's three voices that go through your head. That's your own, God's, and the devil. devil's going to lead you into sin. Yourself, you're just going to confuse yourself and you're not going to know which direction to go and you'll wind up making bad decisions. Anybody ever done that? We got to learn to listen to God. How do we do that? How do I know that it's God? It lines up with his word. It lines up perfectly with his word. What does he say about me? He's faithful to me because he loves me. He died for me, and he says, look, if you put your faith in me, then I will be faithful, and we'll walk through this stuff together. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you just because you mess up. Why would we not put our faith in him? Amen? Amen. So, guys, the altar is open. If you want to come and pray, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to close out here with a prayer. But uh, Pastor Trenton will be coming down in a minute. If you guys want prayer, we'll be down here to pray for you. If you want to come to the altar and pray, uh, it's it's open for you as well. But Father, we just thank you, God. I pray, God, that we learned something tonight, Lord. I pray, Father God, that your spirit spoke to us. And Lord, we just ask, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us. Continue, God, to help us, Lord, to make right decisions that glorify you and lead us closer in a relationship with you, Father. We thank you, God, for all that you have done and all that you do, Lord. We just ask, God, in Jesus' name, you bless this church. Father God, we ask for spiritual growth. We ask for physical growth, Father God, and we just ask, Lord, that we can do what you have called us to do here, Father God, and that is to bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.